Take your Bibles, if you would, please, and turn to Psalm 51. It's good to see each and every one of you here tonight. I truly thank the Lord for the privilege and honor of being able to uh, preach the Word tonight. And good to have those of you that also watch by live stream. And I said I'd say it. Hi, Bill and Jerry. Uh, we miss you being here, but uh, looking forward to tomorrow. Psalm 51. We're going to be looking at tonight the blessings of repentance. The blessings of repentance. It's kind of like going to the doctor and getting a shot for a vaccination of some sort. You know, the shot, you know, you always wonder how bad it's going to hurt. But when it's over, it's like, hopefully it helps keep away whatever you're getting the shot for. But uh, repentance, when we think about repentance, we generally think like something's painful. And it potentially is. But we need to look at it from God's perspective that repentance has its blessings. Let's stay as we read Psalm 51. As we all know, this is a psalm that David wrote after he was confronted by the prophet Nathan about his sin with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband Uriah. And, he, and as God worked, broke his heart, broke his spirit, here's what he wrote. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and the hidden parts, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hisp, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. <clears throat> Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. <clears throat> For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure. Unto Zion build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you tonight, oh, how we thank you and praise you for your holiness. Oh, how we praise you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that works in our hearts. And Lord, may we truly hunger and desire to walk with you with nothing between. May we be clean vessels, clean channels that you can use for your glory. Lord, may we be sensitive this evening to whatever the Holy Spirit may be speaking to each and every one of our hearts, for whatever sin may be there that is unrepented of. Lord, 
work in our hearts. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm sure we would all understand and agree there are kind of, in a sense, two types of repentance. The first type that we think of, as you know, I mentioned several times, even by like John the Baptist and even Jesus Christ, and that's repentance unto salvation. You know, the the Apostle Paul, as he was teaching, he was uh, in uh, in Acts chapter 20, and he's talking about how he preached to the Jews. He said, he said, uh, how I kept back nothing that was profitable, but have showed you and have taught you publicly from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks repentance toward God and faith to our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's referring here now to repentance unto salvation. That's the first type of repentance everybody needs to deal with. Repentance unto salvation. And you know, we need to be careful that we don't make salvation some sort of, as uh, some people call, easy believism. The idea, well, just believe and you'll be saved. There's also an act of repentance that has to go along with it. And so we need to remember, let's not be afraid of using the word repentance. We need to repent and believe, is what the Lord is saying. Repentance unto salvation. But as far as I know, hopefully everybody here this evening has uh, already dealt with the repentance unto salvation. But repentance is also for us believers. We need to remember that. That, well, I don't need to remind you. You know it. We all still sin. Even though we're saved and secure, sealed with the Holy Spirit of God unto salvation, we still have that old nature and we still sin. And uh, even like in some of Paul's writings, he talks about how that, uh, uh, <clears throat> like in the church of Corinth, about how they need to preach to them. And he said they sorrowed unto repentance. He was thankful that they repented. And you think about also what the the Lord Jesus Christ said there in in the book of Revelation. I think it's always very interesting. The two different, you know, how he's talking to the different churches. And in chapter 2, when he's talking to the church at Ephesus, he says, verse 4, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. And what's the next word? Repent. He's talking here to a church. It is a good church. You read about how the Lord described the church. It was a good church. They were soul winning. They were standing fast for the truths of God's word. They were, they were reaching out to people. But the God, Jesus was concerned. They had left their first love. And he said, you need to repent. Repent of your apathy. Repent of your lukewarmness. And then even over in chapter 3, when he's talking about the church at Laodicea, what did he tell them? He said, verse 19, as many as I love, because you know how I talk about it, I wish it either warm or cold, uh, hot or cold, because you talk about their lukewarmness. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. He's talking here to God's people. <coughs> so repentance is also something that we as God's people need to keep before us constantly and regularly. Because we need to remember something about sin. You know, in Ephesians chapter 4, the, the Apostle Paul wrote a little bit there, and he said, uh, If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Sin's deceitful. We can have sin in our life and not 
really concentrate upon the reality of it. The Apostle Paul also wrote in Hebrews chapter 3, when he's talking about the deceitfulness and the sin. <coughs> Excuse me. In Hebrews chapter 3, this is all introduction. Uh, we'll get into the blessings in a minute. But in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, God's words, But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is so deceitful that it deceives us thinking we're okay, we're all right, no big deal. But God says it's still sin. And we can be deceived as a child of God about the sin that is in our life. And so we need to remember the, the importance for God's people of repentance. So now as we think about the type, well, what kind of sins do people like you know, this is a Sunday night crowd. I mean, you know, it's like what's that saying? Like singing to the choir or preaching to the choir. You're the good folks, okay? You come to church. I mean, you could be home watching football. <clears throat> Just don't watch the Steelers because they got beat last Friday night. But anyhow, you think about the sins that even we deal with. Now, now David, we would say, well... Of course David needed to write something like that because think of the two sins he committed. They were terrible sins, and they were. Murder is a terrible sin. Terrible sin. But you also, let's remember, that's what abortion is. It's just premeditated murder. But then he committed adultery, premeditated adultery. A most terrible sin for any marriage, any situation. Two terrible sins. You think, well, that's why he wrote that. Well, that, yes, that is. But what about us believers? You ever tell a lie? Even those little white lies? Phone rings. Well, tell them I'm not here. What about those little times of bitterness? Isn't it interesting that when Paul wrote the church at Colossae in chapter 3, he said, Husbands, love your wives and what? Be not bitter against them. Now, I always wonder why the Lord said that. He didn't tell the women that. He told us men that. Part of that, I think, the reason is it's hard for us men to understand you women. Of course, on the other hand, it's probably hard for you women to understand us guys. All right? But he told us men, husbands, don't be bitter at your wife. And so, husbands, we have to be careful. And be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when something there's that fracas that kind of develops. Do you go away stewing over it? Thinking about, the, I'm telling you, that stubborn, rebellious, unsubmissive wife. That's bitterness stirring up. And you better repent. Better repent. And there's so many things we could go on. What about the, the, eye of, the eyes of lust? Where Jesus himself said, you look upon a woman lust after, you're just as guilty if you committed adultery. I hope there's nobody here, especially men, that's hooked on pornography, but it's possible. You may be doing a great job covering it up. Even one perusal of it is sin. Period. It needs to be repented of. Discontent. You ever struggle with discontent? Boy, if I just had a better job, I wouldn't be so miserable. Life would be a whole lot easier. Wine, 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 wine. That's a sin. 
Well, God, the, the Lord talk about how about learn, be, uh, you know, the godliness and contentment is great gain. What's the thing? With whatever so we have in Hebrews 13, let us therewith be content. That's a sin that needs to be repented of. Ungratefulness. Now, we could go on and on and on, but what I'm trying to do is illustrate here that yes, even we as God's people, we still deal with sin in our lives. And any sin, I mean, look at this sin of <clears throat> adultery and murder. Well, that's a great big one. No wonder that's a problem for God. Sin is sin and it needs to be repented of whether it's big or whether it's little because it is a barrier between our fellowship with our almighty God. And so first of all, let's consider something when we talk about the blessings of repentance. Repentance is a blessing because number one, it agrees with God. You know, in Amos chapter 3, follow me in the stream of thought here. In Amos chapter 3, verse 3, God says this, can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two walk together except they be agreed? Now he's talking about it here. You know, it's, it's hard, kind of like what Brother Jim was just sharing some of the testimonies given by some of the people that he, he probably carries in his car. I mean, when you find out there's some you know, political liberal or something like that or some, some other thing, it's hard to enjoy them being in the car because you don't agree. There's a blessing and when you walk together, you're walking in agreement. And the point I'm wanting to, to see here is the one blessing of repentance is that we are agreeing with God because notice the terms David used describing his actions. He did not say, well, okay, I, you know, every man's human. I mean, there a woman was out there washing herself naked and everything like that. I mean, I was only, I'm just human. Or, <coughs> well, that's just my weakness. Or, well, it was just a little mistake. See, that's how we in our humanists try to resolve away the conviction that it's sin. But notice the terms David uses when he's talking about this. He said, because look, have mercy upon me according to my loving kindness. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me from my iniquity. My sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Paul, I mean, David was not holding back. He was, he was agreeing with God about what God thinks about his sin. I mean, let's look at a few of those words. For example, the word transgression. If you do a word study of these different terms, <coughs> the word transgression means rebellion. Rebellion. Transgression is the same as rebellion. You ever been about, around a rebellious kid? They're not fun to be around, are they? Remember King Saul? Remember how he disobeyed God? He brought back, you know, he, he says the people brought back the sheep. But they, you know, Samuel said, what's the bleeding of the sheep I hear? Saul, King Saul, disobeyed God. And what did God say to him? He said, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Now you think, well, there was no big deal. I mean, he just brought back some of the best of the animals. What's the big deal? He didn't go out and commit adultery and murder. He's just, he disobeyed the plain will of God. 
And God said, you rebelled against my known will, and that's the same as witchcraft. It was rebellion. That's what transgression is. Rebelling against the known will of God. Let's look at the term iniquity. The iniquity means perverse. Perverse. What does that mean? It means deliberately going contrary to biblical truth. Iniquity is going contrary to biblical truth. Of course, I don't really need to, in one sense of the word, I don't have to use the adjective biblical truth because if it's truth, it's biblical. All truth is from God's Word. Because God's Word is truth. Why did Jesus say, sanctify them through thy truth? Thy Word is truth. But, but what, so what we see, iniquity is going contrary to the plain teaching of God's Holy Word. Iniquity. Then let's think of the word sin. The word sin has the idea, as you go, then do a word study, of an offense. You know what sin is? It's an offense against God Almighty. It offends God when you and I choose to sin. No matter what sin it is, no matter what, if we want to say, level of sin it may be. If it's sin, it's an offense against a holy God. So David, he wasn't, <clears throat> he was agreeing with God. God, yes, I committed an iniquity. I rebelled. I, I sinned. I offended you. I, I went contrary to the word of God. Yes, Lord, I agree with you. This was a terrible, terrible thing. And so in a sense, it's a blessing because can two walk together except they be agreed? You want to walk with God? Do you want to walk closely with God? Then you've got to be in agreement with Him. And to be in agreement with Him means you've got to agree with Him about what He says about your sin and my sin. So it's a blessing because you're agreeing with God. Agreeing with a great holy God. And we're not looking at it. And then there's also one other term I'd like for us to consider. The word evil. I mean, David's saying, man, I, I committed this evil. Again, we may say, well, yeah, I mean, David, murder and adultery. Yeah, that's evil. And it was. And it is. I mean, even today, it is. But we need to remember any sin against a holy God is an evil thing. Amen. And the word study, the word evil has the idea of spoiled. You ever, you know, it's kind of like uh, one way I'd like to think about it. You're driving down the road and you see all these great big birds right in the middle of the road. What are they doing? They're eating their lunch. What is it? Roadkill. <clears throat> and this time of year, it doesn't take long to that dead animal swell up, burst, and stink. I mean, you, you drive down the road with your windows up, oh, something's dead. Every time we see that, smell that, that's what God smells in His nostrils when you and I sin. So it is a blessing when we are willing to acknowledge with God, this is a sin, it's an offense, it's perverse, it's a rebellion against you. Again, no matter what level, if we want to use those terms of sin, so it's a blessing, the fact that, okay, I'm to the point, I'm agreeing with you, God. That's a sin. It's wrong. I've offended you. I'm agreeing with you, God. That's a blessing. Because again, you want to walk with God, agree with Him. Second blessing I'd like for us to consider 
is it cleanses our conscience. The blessings of repentance that it cleanses our conscience. And one thing I'd like to point out in this context, notice another term that Paul, I keep saying Paul, he must have been related to David. Uh, but D- David, notice some of the words that he kept using. For example, he said, uh, have mercy upon who? Me. He said, uh, and blot out my transgressions. Wash me, cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgression. And my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned. What we're seeing here. One of the blessings of repentance is we finally come to the point of taking personal responsibility for the choice we made. See, anytime we keep blaming somebody else, I mean, for example, David could say, well, you know, it really wasn't my fault. I'm just human. And if she hadn't had been there in, in her naked state, it wouldn't have happened. He said, Lord, okay, Lord, I know I did wrong, but it's her fault. Could have been like in a husband wife situation. Well, if you hadn't been so nasty, I wouldn't have gotten so mad. Hmm. You ever said that? Don't don't raise your hand. Okay. But you, some you know sometimes that's the way we may we 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 don't want to look so bad like well I, I did this terrible thing. It's like well you know it's your fault too. That's not proper communication, and that's not going to solve any issue. Repentance is a blessing because it clears our conscience because we're starting with. Personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. It doesn't matter. I mean, there could have been ten naked women out there. David was still responsible for his choices. Your spouse may be the nastiest person in the world. Might be kicking you and biting you and spitting in your face. You still have a responsibility before God to choose to respond in a godly fashion. Doesn't matter how much money you may need. You can never ever justify stealing. Or lying on your income tax reform. It cleanses our conscience by, by taking personal responsibility and not even thinking about what the other person may or may not have done. True repentance, folks, we need to remember, is just looking in the mirror and saying, I'm the one. I made the choice to sin. And I want to deal with my sin. That's what David was doing. He, he, you know, he didn't say anything about Bathsheba. And I personally believe that she was, she was sinning. Because what, what godly, modest woman would want to be naked up on the rooftop? And some people say, well, that's the way culture. I have a hard time believing that that was culture. Because she knew that there was other buildings around higher there that some man could be looking over. So I think she was guilty. But what did David do? He concentrated upon his choice, his responsibility. And cleanses our conscience. It's a blessing because it cleanses our conscience. Didn't do any blame shifting. And you know another thing about what cleanses our, uh, what's in, uh, our conscience and also kind of reveals a genuineness of taking personal responsibility is humbly taking whatever consequences come with your choice of sin. 
You know, God is a holy God and He does chastise His children. And when you and I sin and it's to the point that it calls for certain consequences that are painful and hurtful, if we're whining like, God, this, this isn't fair. Lord, you shouldn't do this to me. I mean, I repented. No, true repentance humbly accepts whatever consequences comes a result of your choice. So no whining, no griping, no complaining. Just, Lord, you're, I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, a kid, when a kid gets it spanking, and you know they deserve it. It's more like, I think, like I shared with you one time before. One, <clears throat> one fellow in one of my churches, he had three boys, two boys. And he said, every boy, especially when you get to a certain age, needs a spanking every day. If the dad doesn't know why, the boy does. <laughs> and I, I'll have to confess, I believe that every one that I got, I deserved. But you know what? True repentance is humbly before God. So God... I sinned, and whatever punishment you bestow upon me, I deserve and I accept as you're trying to use it to purge me of this sin. But you know, when we talk about also the blessing of repentance, that how that it cleanses our conscience, as you look through here, you see how that David was really referring to how, boy, this is really, oh man, I'm so glad to get rid of this sin off my back. I'm so glad to get the guilt, the shame, and all this off of my back. There's no some of the, for example, when you think about the heart, his heart got right, and you, if you want to look at it from a different stage, like your heart is your mind, will, and emotion, let's consider a few things, like verse 6. He got his mind straightened out, for he said, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. His mind was cleansed. Lord, you want to speak the truth, want me to speak the truth in my own heart, so that's what I'm doing here. My sin, my iniquity, my transgression. That cleansed his conscience. His thinking was corrected. Think about also his will. Look at verse 19. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. How do you do you and I do righteousness? By choosing to. We do what is right because we choose to. An act of the will. That cleanses our conscience. Lord, by your grace, I am going to do what is right. Period. All the freedom of the Spirit in your conscience do you and I get when we choose to do what is right because that's what honors God. But then also it cleanses our conscience that affects our emotions. Because, I mean, you read Psalm 51 over and over and over again. I mean, you can just see there, there's so deep emotionality about it. Because let's look at a few verses where it says there, <clears throat> like verse 8, Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones that thou hast broken may rejoice. In other words, he was, <laughs> I mean, there's another passage where he was crying a lot. Because he knew he was guilty. And he said, Lord, make me to hear joy and gladness. Look at verse 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. His emotions were cleaned up. Let me say this. When you and I sin, if we do not have grief or sorrow, 
something's wrong in our spirit. We're not listening at all to the Holy Spirit. When you and I sin, we should immediately feel so grieved. Our joy would be gone. Our sorrow would be strong. But as we repent, we receive the blessing of a a cleansed conscience. Mind, will, and emotion. And then thirdly, the blessing of repentance is because it's what pleases God. It's what pleases God. Notice some of verses 11 and 12. You can just sense again the, the grief or the, the, the yearning that David had. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy and notice what says, thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. He said, oh God, I yearn, don't please, Lord, don't forsake me, Lord. Of course, we know, I mean, I believe in eternal security, but it's not forsaken. But you could have that sense that God's, there's a wall between you and God. That his face is turned away from you. That's what sin will do. You can still be a child of God, but not be in fellowship with God. And it's like his faces, and you pray and you pray and you pray, and it feels like your prayers aren't getting him through the ceiling. Why? Because there's sin that's unconfessed. There's a sin that you're refusing, or I would be refusing to repent of. And so, the one blessing of genuine, true repentance is it develops a, a strong hunger and thirst and desire to be right with God. And that's a blessing. I mean, you think about it, as a parent or a brother or sister, don't you want to enjoy sweet fellowship? And doesn't it grieve you when there's something, maybe the other person, I want to go from that perspective, has done something that there's no fellowship, they don't want to talk to you, or when they do talk to you, it's very short and just, you know, cut off and just curt. You think, oh, I want that fellowship restored. Well, folks, how much more is that in our relationship with God? And a blessing of repentance is we have a redeveloped, you might say, yearning and hunger and thirst, a sweet fellowship with God. But another aspect about how it pleases God, because notice as you read this, when you and I genuinely repent and come to God like David did, it glorifies God. Because notice that even like verse 1, Have mercy upon me according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. What's he talking about? He's talking about God's characteristics. He's merciful. He's tender. He's lovingly kind. And, <coughs> and so he's talking about then verse 4. Um, Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightst be justified with a speak, speakest and be clear when thou judges. You know what that does? That's glorifying God's truth. God, I'm, going, I'm agreeing with you that when you make a judgment upon this, you're right. As you speak about this, you're right. Genuine repentance is a blessing because it pleases God and it glorifies God. Who he is. I mean, praise God that God is a God of love. And we may test that love a lot of times. 
And really, in a sense, every time we sin, we're testing that love. But God is there loving us anyway. And who does that glorify? When you and I repent, we have nothing to brag in. Well, I, I, you know, I sinned, but hey, I repented. You know, look at me, I, I repented. The glory goes to God that He forgave you. The glory goes to God because of His mercy. The glory goes to God because of His, his uh, uh, unconditional love. So true repentance is a blessing because it pleases God. And then another way it pleases God is that when you and I genuinely repent, you know what that does? We sang tonight channels only. It makes us a channel that God can use and work through. Because notice what David said here. You know, he said, verse 12, Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. Then verse 13, Then, of course, I know it's in italics, but it says, Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. It's kind of like, remember this, the story about Isaiah when he saw the Lord high and lifted up? And the Lord said, Who will I send? And Isaiah, as a result of God working in his life, what did he say? Here am I, send me. But that was only after he purged him from his sin. When you and I generally repent, a blessing is that it pleases because now it pleases God because now we genuinely want to serve him and be a vessel that he can use. Because that's what David was saying. Then will I teach. Then will sinners be converted. Lord, I want to go out there and I want to reach out to other people. And I want to be a blessing to them. I want to help other people in their relationship with you. I remember one time, several years ago, <coughs> the church I was pastor, we, we had a ministry at a fair, state, I mean, a local fair. And we had some tents there. We were helping this ministry that uh, in the fair where people had come by and we had some interesting displays and hopefully that would open up the door for them to come over, look at the displays, and we try to develop a conversation to witness to them. And so I volunteered one night to go and help. And as I was walking there, there I, I knew there was something in my life that was not right with God. And before I could get to that tent, I found a tent kind of behind the tent and I prayed and talked to the Lord. Because I realized there was no need for me to go and try to be a witness when I had sin in my life that was unrepented of. And so the Lord dealt with me behind that tent before I could go and be a witness. So folks, we need to remember that when we genuinely repent, repent, it is a blessing because it pleases God and because it so works in our life that we desire and are willing to be a servant to His glory. So with thinking of these things, may I exhort you tonight, listen to the Holy Spirit. What does He say to you that's in your heart that you have not repented of? It could be a husband-wife relationship. It could be bitterness. I've thought many times, I guess the reason I think of it because uh, I experienced it with my parents that uh, they were kind of struggling with bitterness with each other till the day they died. And then after my dad died in 07, my mom died in 13, and I told my brothers, I said, well, at least they're now getting along. But you know, maybe those of you that are divorced struggle with bitterness about your ex. 
Your ex may have been a real witch or a real bum. That doesn't justify you being bitter at them. And you need to deal with that. You want to be right with God. Whatever the sin is, let me exhort you. Listen to the Holy Spirit and receive the blessing of genuine repentance. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Oh, Father, how we thank you for loving us. Oh, how we thank you and praise you for your greatness and, Lord, your holiness. Holy, holy, holy. Oh, Father, speak to every heart here tonight. And for the one that has sin that's unrepented, oh, Father, may their, your spirit stir them up. May they run to you, broken, hungry to get right with you. Lord, give us wisdom in reaching out to others as we may have the opportunity to talk to others about their lives and their relationship with God, that we will never hesitate to encourage them the importance of true repentance. Have your will and way in our lives, Lord. In Christ's name, amen.